I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, yesterday, again, was January 22nd, the National Day of Sanctity of Human Life. It marked 49 years since abortion was legalized in the U.S. through Roe versus Wade. And since then, over 62 million babies have been murdered in the United States. 62 million, over, well over 62 million. I mean, the statistics for 2021 haven't even come in yet. There is some good news to report. In 2020, Louisiana reported 7,448 abortions in this state. That's down, actually, from 8,144 in 2019. So that's a 9% decrease. And if you look at the statistics over the years, it's steadily been in decline, thankfully. However... Shreveport's Hope Medical Group for Women remains the state's largest provider of abortions. They provided 420 abortions in 2020. Abortions for Morehouse residents are the same as 2019, reporting 42 abortions from residents of Morehouse Parish. Washita Parish residents, uh, they that was actually a increased for them they reported uh, 322 residents who had abortions performed that's an increase from 269 in 2019 so while we can celebrate the overall decrease of abortions in our state there is more work of course to be done we cannot rest Hear me, we cannot rest until we see abortion abolished in the United States. Amen. That's our aim. Now we've done some great, we we, we made some great strides over the years. And and we've been able to see some laws passed in our states, uh, throughout the states, that limits abortion. That's why we've seen the great decrease in abortions over, over the ages, over the years. But we, don't need to, we, we, we need not to stop at just getting abortion reduced. We need to see it abolished. We need to see it go away. And here's the reason why we need to see abortion abolished in the United States. It's because of this key biblical principle. Human life must be respected and protected because human life is created in the image of God. Let me say that again. Human life must be, it must be respected and protected because human life is created in the image and likeness of God. Human life is sacred. It's holy. It's distinct from every other life form on earth. We are created in the image and likeness of God. 
Therefore, human life must be respected and protected and treated with dignity. We see this principle in today's text. Today we are in Genesis chapter 9, looking at verses 1 through 7. Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab one of the pew Bibles there and turn to page 6 in the pew Bible. That's page 6 in the pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then I invite you to take that pew Bible with you. And that's our gift to you because we want everyone to have a copy of God's Word. So please take that and use it for your your benefit. Now, Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, this is post-flood. So we had working through Genesis there in our our weekly, daily Bible readings. And so we've kind of gone through this on our daily Bible readings as a church, if you've been following along with that. So we come to the flood and, and everything in creation after the fall, everything on the earth had gotten so bad that God said he had regretted creating mankind. And so he set out to destroy the earth. And he had favor upon Noah and Noah's family. Noah was a righteous man who sought God. And so God had favor on Noah and his family. And so he, he told Noah to build the ark. And they, he built the ark. And on the ark, Noah's family went in along with uh, two of every animal, every species of animal on the earth. They went into the ark with Noah. And they were able to survive the flood. Well, now they're, they're coming out of the ark. The flood is over with. The land is dry, and they come out of the flood, out of the, the ark, and God is giving Noah and his family some direction before he sends them out into the world to uh, produce and multiply and fill the earth. He, he wants to give them some, some direction as they go out, and one of God's concerns is that mankind have a proper respect for life in general and human life specifically. So we see in this, this passage two principles for regarding life. Two principles for regarding life, and I want to share with those with you today. So if you found your place there in Genesis chapter 1, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word this morning. Hear the word of the Lord, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. And to your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man... By man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. And you be fruitful and multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Lord, we 
pray that you would teach us from this word today, that we would leave here with a greater respect for life. Lord, show us what you want us to learn today. And Lord, as we, we leave this place today, may we not only respect life, but may we fill this earth with a respect for life. May we show others how valuable and precious human life is. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, as we look at our text this morning, the first principle that we observe deals with the life of God's creation in general. Creation in general. So we're, we're, we're talking about the lives of critters. All right? We, we, he starts with the critters. And we see here that we should respect and steward all life as God's creation. We should respect and steward all of, all of life, all of the critter's life, as God's creation. Notice what he says there in, in the text, in the first few verses there. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the flesh, all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Into your hand they are delivered. Now, we need to understand that God created all life. God created all life. We understand this. We go back to Genesis chapter 1. And we see the, the creation narrative there and the, the six days of creation. And we see there that God created all life. All life. All the, the birds of the air, the, the fish in the sea, the beasts that walk, the, walk in the field. God created all life and he, he looked at all life and he said, it's good. Life is good. These beasts of, of the air and the land and the sea, they're good. And then when he created man on that sixth day, when he created man, he, he put everything into man's hand. He gave man dominion. In fact, he tells Adam and Eve, have dominion over the earth. That is, they were to, to be God's representative on earth, to rule over the earth, to rule over the beast, to have dominion over them, to care for them, to steward them as God's representatives on this earth. And so after the flood, when God brings Noah and his family out, he kind of reinstitutes this, this covenant from the beginning, right? He reinstitutes this authority, everything I give into your hands. He's giving dominion over the earth to Noah and his sons, and he says, have dominion over it, rule over it. Rule over it, take care of it. We're to steward creation. We're to take care of creation, not abuse it, not waste it, but to care for it. Now we see here that God gives mankind that, that right that to, to partake of the fruit of the land, even to eat meat. Apparently before the flood, uh, everybody was a vegetarian. But here God says clearly, everything I give I give you everything. 
I give you everything. And as I gave you the green plants, that was before the flood, as God gave the green plants of the earth to eat, I give you everything. Everything, every moving thing that lives, you should... Uh, lives shall be food for you and, and so god opens up the door and he says all right now you can eat meat use that for your nutrition and benefit and so it's there for us to to consume but notice this he wants us not to just consume it but to care for it to respect it and, and care for the life of his creation into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But, notice what he says here, but you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is, its blood. Now, what's he talking about here? Are we not supposed to eat rare steak or even medium rare steak? Is that what he's saying? We, we got to cook it well done and that's the only way we can eat it? No, that's not what he's getting at here. That, that's not at all what he's getting at here. Actually, he's doing two things, and we need to recognize this. First of all, he is setting things up for the sacrificial system that will come along in the next book of the Bible, in the book of Exodus, when he established, establishes Israel and, and sets up the whole sacrificial system with them. He is preparing us for that. In that regard, he ultimately is preparing us for... The sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ because you see it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats that actually takes away sin it's actually the blood of his only son Jesus Christ who came and Jesus poured out his life blood there's life in the blood Jesus poured out his life blood for us so that we might gain life in him so he's setting up for that right he's setting up for the sacrifice of jesus christ that would come for our sins but another thing that he's doing here is he's telling us to properly care for animals even when we slaughter them for food we are to care for them we're to Treat them humanely. Even when we slaughter them for food, they're to be treated humanely. They're to drain the lifeblood out of them before consuming them. We're to care for animals. We're to care for them and, and steward them even as food. The 18th century Scottish explorer James Bruce observed Ab Abyssinian uh, tribesmen actually cut steaks off of live cows, sew them up, and send them back out to pasture. That's kind of cruel. That's kind of cruel, but that's the cruelty of, of mankind. We can be that cruel. And God is guarding against that. If you're going to slaughter animals for food, then you slaughter them in a humane way. You take away their life and you, you respect their life, and you treat them humanely even, even in that. We should respect and steward all life as God's creation, meaning we should treat all life humanely. That means we shouldn't abuse life. We shouldn't abuse life. We shouldn't abuse animal life. We should 
be kind to animals. We, we should treat them and, and, and care for them in a humane way. Most of us, would we hate seeing animals abused, I would imagine. We should care for animals and, and not abuse them, but also we shouldn't waste life. We shouldn't waste life. We shouldn't just waste animal life for, for no reason whatsoever. You know, I grew up as a hunter. My family always has always hunted, and I, I love hunting myself. But my, my dad taught me and my granddad before him, they always taught me that hunter's code, right? Eat what you kill. Many of you men and women who, who like to hunt, you were taught that same principle. You eat what you kill. You don't just go out here and waste life. Of course, there's exceptions to that, predators and varmints who are out there, to, uh, you know, you may kill them for destroying property. Uh, but for the most part, that should be true. As hunters, we should eat what we kill. We shouldn't just go out in here and kill for no reason. I remember learning about the stories of uh, men back when the railroad was first built across America. And you, you've heard these stories as well where uh, the men would sit there on the on railroad track as they were traveling down the railroad tracks on the on the train they would just go out they would pass by these herds of buffalo out there on the plains and they would just shoot them for sport right and leave them to waste out on the plains that's wasting human life and the buffalo herd is just now recovering from such wanton waste of Excuse me, I said human life, didn't I? Of animal life, right? That was waste of animal life, of God's creation. We shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't be like that. We should treat animals humanely. Yes, we can hunt and fish and, and consume them as food. God gives us that right. But in that, we're to treat animals humanely. Or to treat animals humanely, not wasting animal life. So we respect and steward all life as God's creation, as God has given us that duty as mankind. We're to steward animal life and care for it. So respect and steward all life as God's creation. But we also need to understand that human life is different. Human life is special. It's distinct from animal life. Human life is superior to other forms of life. Therefore, we must respect and protect all human life as sacred. We must respect and protect all human life as sacred. And look what our, our text says there in verse 5. And for your lifeblood, for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning from every beast I will, re will require it, and, and from man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. For human life, God requires a reckoning. He requires a reckoning for unlawful taking of human life. God requires a reckoning. It doesn't matter if a, an animal takes a human life. God requires a reckoning. Life for life. For humans, 
a person taking another person's life, God requires a reckoning, a life for life. Why? Because humans are special. Human life is sacred. You know, America is in trouble. I love America. And I want to see the best for this nation. But I'm going to tell you, America is in serious, serious trouble. Why? Because over 62 million babies have been slaughtered in America. And the blood of those babies are crying out to God. How long, O Lord, before you require the reckoning for our blood? God requires a reckoning. America is in trouble. And America will fall to the judgment of God like every other nation in the world for slaughtering innocent children. The only hope for America is that America fall down on her face before God and plead for forgiveness for their ignorance in slaughtering so many children. America is in trouble because God is clear. I will require a reckoning. This nation will be judged for the millions upon millions of babies she is allowed to be slaughtered. Murder is so serious. It is so serious that God has granted government the authority of capital punishment for the unlawful taking of human life. That's what he's doing. That's what he's establishing from his fellow man. I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Verse 6, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. Right? God establishes government. He, he's beginning that. There's only a family here as Noah and his family are coming out. There's only a family, but he's beginning to establish this for, for, for the governments that would, be, that would come after them. This is a, a responsibility of nations, of governments. You and I, we, we can't just go out here and strike vengeance on those who, who take human life. That's not given to us. But God gives authority to government to wield the sword, as the New Testament puts it, and to take life. To take life. When someone kills another person, God says, by man's hand, by human hands that life shall be taken it's that serious it's that important capital punishment is here god establishes capital punishment because of the taking of human life and why why is human life different why is human life sacred we see that in the, the latter part of verse six here for god made man in his 
own image. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, 26. We see this. When God creates man, he looks at the earth, he looks at all of his creation. He says all of creation is good, but it's not very good yet. God says, let us create man in our own image and our own likeness. And Genesis 1, 21 says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Mankind is created in the image and likeness of God. Yes, that image was corrupted in some respects in the fall. Absolutely. In chapter 3, when, when sin came into the world, that image was corrupt, corrupt, It was corrupted. But it wasn't done away with, right? It's still there. When we look at one another, we see the image and likeness of God in one another because we bear the image and likeness of God. We are God's representatives on this earth. His image bearers. And so we are to respect and to protect human life, to treat human life with dignity. When Roman Emperor Septimius Severus, I think I got that pronounced right, when this Roman Emperor died, his sons uh, Caracalla and Geta became co-emperors. Unfortunately, these two sons, uh, they didn't get along very well, and within a year of their father's passing, Geta was killed by members of the Roman guard loyal to Caracalla. After Geta's death, Caracalla had Geta's image removed from all paintings throughout the empire. Coins that bore Geta's image were melted down, and statues of Geta were removed. Caracalla wanted to erase any memory of Geta throughout the Roman Empire. When a person kills another person, they are trying to destroy the image of God in this world. They're trying to erase the image of God in this world, and God says, I'm not going to stand for that. Human life is sacred. It is sacred. We must respect and protect all human life as sacred because all human life is created in the image and likeness of God. What does that mean for us? One thing, it means that we should fight for the abolition of abortion. We must fight for the abolition of abortion because abortion tries to eradicate God's image by killing innocent babies we must eliminate abortion but understand this is more than just abortion it, it, it's more the, the the sanctity of human life is about so much more than abortion that's kind of like the 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 one issue that we tend to focus on when it comes to the sanctity sanctity of human life but that's not the only issue what about human trafficking what about human trafficking now human trafficking Human trafficking is defined as the practice of exploiting adults and children for use 
as commodities or objects in conditions of sexual and labor, labor servitude. Here's some statistics for you. 24.9 million people are victims of forced labor. Of forced labor. You thought slavery was dead? No, it's not. 24.9 million people continue in slavery. 4.8 million are trafficked for forced sexual exploitation. That is, 4.8 million are forced into the sex slave, to be a sex slave. 3.8 million of those 4.8 million are adults, but 1 million of those are children. Children forced into sex slavery. We need to fight against slavery. We need to fight against human trafficking. These people have no voice. We need to be their voice. We need to fight to end abuse. We need to fight to see abuse ended, domestic and child abuse, both. We need to see these ended. We need to do the things that, that we, whatever we can do to, to see this taken care of. This is a major issue in America and around the world. We need to fight against abuse. But that's not even where it starts. Here's where it starts with me and you. Here's where we get involved. The first step of our involvement. We need to make sure we treat one another with respect and dignity. We need to make sure we treat one another with respect and dignity. This is countercultural, you understand. This is absolutely countercultural. Because what do we see out here in the world? You, you see, we can come and, and we should. We've got to fight against abortion. We've got to fight against human trafficking. We've got to fight against these issues. That means we fight the issue, right? We attack the issue. We attack the issue of abortion. But what about those who are pro-abortion? You see, the human tendency is to not just attack the issue, but to start to attack the person. And we look at the opposition and we try to see how can we tear them down? How can we destroy them? See, that is the tactic of our culture. Watch the news. Watch our politicians. What do they do? They don't just attack the issue. They attack people. They want to tear people down. They want to destroy people because they're, they're on the other issue, right? They're, they're for the other side. That's unbiblical. That's not treating people with respect and dignity. Yes, we attack the issue. We argue against abortion, the issue of abortion. We argue against that. But we don't attack the person. 
who's on the other side making the other argument, you don't attack them. Treat them with respect and dignity because even though they may disagree with you, they are still created in the image and likeness of God. So attack the issue, not the person. Watch how you treat people. And watch this. Watch what you say about people on social media. My goodness. People say stuff on Facebook and Instagram that they would never say to a person's face. But you get on there and, and people think they just, they just have the, oh, they can just say whatever they want to about people and they tear people down. They attack people's character just so they can get some more likes. Just so they can get some more thumbs ups. God's word says you treat people with respect and dignity because people are created in the image and likeness of God. That's where we start. That's where we have to start. We push on to all the other issues. We push on to, to see the abolition of abortion, to see human trafficking destroyed. We push on to those, but we start simply by treating our neighbor whom we may not agree with, whom we may have a difference of opinion with, but we treat them with respect and dignity because they're created in the image and likeness of our God. Human life must be respected and protected because human life is created in the image of God. American culture has gotten its wires crossed. In our culture, human life has been devalued while animal life has been elevated to sacred status. We see people fighting to maintain the rights to, to murder unborn babies, all the while fighting to add more, protect, more protections for animals. Our culture tends to devalue human life while overvaluing animal life. Case in point, a few years ago, and some of you will remem remember this, a few years ago, there were some young men here in Bastrop who mutilated and killed a dog. Now, what they did was terrible, it was horrendous, and they should, should have and, and did pay the consequences for their crimes. At the same time, at the same, um, that same week, in fact, a young teenage boy was found dead. He was mutilated and murdered and dumped in the woods, left like trash. Of those two incidents, which one do you think caused the greatest stir in the community? Which one did you think garnered the greatest media attention? Not the young boy, mutilated, murdered, and left like garbage in the woods, but the dog. The world went crazy because a dog had been abused and killed. 
But the young teenage boy, because he was a troubled youth, hardly any attention was given to his murder. What a sad commentary on the state of our culture where people are horrified when an animal is abused but pay no attention to when a child is murdered. We need to change this culture. We need to reverse this culture. As Christians, we're called to be salt and light in our culture to be the voice of God in our culture. When we see human life destroyed for no, hum for no reason, when we see human life devalued, we're to be the voice standing up and saying, no! That life is valuable because that life is created in the image, and image of God. Let us reverse the trend. Let us value life. And let us teach our friends and our neighbors the value of human life. For God certainly values our lives. In fact, this is how God values our life. God values human life in such a way that he sent his son, his only son, Jesus Christ to pour out his lifeblood on Calvary's cross so that we might gain eternal life in him. That's how God values human life. And I don't know if you're here today or you're listening in and you're wondering, well, there's no value to my life. God values your life. He values your life. And he will add greater value to your life if you will only trust in his son, Jesus Christ. He sent his son to die for you. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in his son, Jesus, God will save you and, and give you eternal life in Christ. As God values human life, so should his church. Let us go out and proclaim the value, the sacredness of human life. From our dealings with other people to our proclamation of the wrongness of abortion, fighting to see abortion abolished, let us proclaim the sanctity of human life. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you have created us in your image and likeness. And Father, we are horrified by the state of this nation, a nation who would destroy human life. for no good reason whatsoever. We weep. We weep 
at the fact that over 63 million babies have been murdered in our nation. And Father, we pray that you would turn the hearts of our politicians, turn the hearts of our citizens to see the value of human life. Father, let us see the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Let us see the protection of human life in this nation once again. Oh, Father, bring this nation to repentance, I pray. Lord, we thank you that you valued our life in such a way that you sent your son to die for us. And Lord, if there's any today who've never trusted in Jesus, Lord, I pray today that they would turn to him. Find salvation and hope in Christ today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.